Okay, Bava Metzia, Perik Ches, Mishnah Dalit 8.4. We've moved on from halachas that apply to custodianship, Shomrim, um, but we're still on the larger topic of commercial law, which will take us through really to the next chapter. Um, so here we're talking about something which is kind of related and very similar to what we saw a couple of Mishnahs ago, where you have two parties, in this case it's a buyer and a seller, um, and they're arguing over um, who's entitled to what, and there's claims of Bari and Shema. So very similar to the previous. Um, the first case is going to be where a person... Um, is essentially buying a cow, and the cow was pregnant at the time, and we're not sure if the cow gave birth before or after the transaction occurred, and therefore it's not clear, or it's it's being argued, uh, who was the rightful owner of the calf that was born. And now let me just make something clear before we begin. Let's just say, for example, that uh, cows are worth 100 each, whether they're big or small, and a pregnant cow is worth 150, let's just say, because it's you know, got the potential to give birth to a to a baby cow. Um, so then, this transaction was done with a, for sure with a pregnant cow. So it's a hundred fifty dollar transaction. Um, what they're arguing over is is the other fifty. In other words, if the cow had been born, the calf had been born prior to the transaction, mm-hmm. so then the purchaser should get two animals. He would get two hundred of value. And if not, then he. I mean, if the cow was born after the transaction, then before the transaction, so then it would belong to the original owner uh, before the transaction happened, and therefore the buyer would only get $150 worth of cow, which would mean he would have to get a different pregnant cow or, you know, have to get the value of, you know, the extra 50. So what they're arguing over is the difference between the 150, which they agreed to, and the possible 200 um, that uh, that it, it might be worth if the cow gave birth bef- after the transaction occurred. Okay, so on that, the mission is... To, so now, the mission is going to have to figure out a way in which we just don't know... Um, whether the cow gave birth before or after the transaction. Now, to set that up, we have to come up with a kind of transaction where there's a mysakinin that affects the transaction where the cow's not in front of us. That's a little tricky because usually for metal to movable objects like a cow, um, you have to sort of take physical possession, like a hagba or a, or a mashicha, etc., a masira. There are different ways each is their own as applicable to different um, livestock. In the ca- case of a cow, um, you'd have to lead the cow, you'd be moshechet. Uh, but if that's the case, you'd see if the cow had the baby ready. So we have to come up with another way of making a kinyan on this cow. And the way that um, the Mishnah comes up with is called chalipin. Chalipin is an exchange. So the case is that you have two people. One has a cow, one has a donkey. Uh, donkey and they want to trade them. So that's called a kinyan chalipin. And the way it works is once one of the parties takes possession of his animal, He's Moshe, and he pulls it. So then the other party automatically takes possession of the other. So in our case, um, one party now who wants to get the donkey, he pulls the donkey, making the donkey his, and then immediately the cow, which they were exchanging, they're trading for the donkey, the cow, wherever it is in the world, becomes the possession of the guy who used to own the donkey. So if the cow was you know, on the farm somewhere else, so then we could have a question of, did the cow give birth before or after the transaction happened? Okay, so that's the setup of our Mishnah. It says, Hamachalif para b'chamor. The Yalda. They do a chalip and they do a transaction trade um, between a cow and a donkey, and the cow gave birth. And again, we don't know uh, when the birth happened before, after the chalip and the taking possession of the donkey. V'chein, and really the exact same thing would apply if you have hamocher shivchaso v'yalda. A person selling a slave woman. Uh, a slave woman can also be acquired with money, while metaltl and other movables can't be acquired with money, but uh, slaves can connected exegetically to, to land. So therefore, it's again a possible thing. I can give you money for your slave girl now, 
And the slave girl is somewhere far away. We don't see her, so therefore we're not clear if she gave birth before or after the uh, money was taken, you know, the, the seller took possession of the money. Ze'omer ad machati mishlakachti. So each one is fighting over who gets the baby calf. Uh, one says it was after, the, the, the calf was born after the sale, and therefore, sorry, the first one is ad machati, the calf was born prior to my selling it, and therefore the calf belongs to me. Another person says, Mishlakachti, no, the calf was born after I took possession of the cow by 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 um giving by you taking the donkey, and therefore the calf belongs to me. So they're arguing over that extra value. And same goes if it would be uh talking about the, the girl from the, the child from the Shifra. So the Mishnah says Yachaloku, they should split it, meaning the disputed value between a pregnant cow and a cow plus calf. Let's call that fifty. So then they're going to split that difference, meaning one person gets the calf, another per- and that, that same person who gets the calf has to reimburse 25 to the person, the other person. Okay, that's what it means, yachloku. And this is, again, going like sumchas, who holds mum and mutl basafak yachloku. When you have a situation, you don't know to whom the money belongs, you divide it 50-50, and that's the case over here. We don't know when, who that calf belongs to, so we divide the value 50-50. Um, the halacha, again, is not like sumchas. Halacha is like the chacham, who hold that... Um, that uh, we you can't take something unless you have proof since someone has proof so then the calf would stay with the muhsak the muhsak being the original owner um, so that means either if it's a case where the calf is on someone's property like the lender the buyer or the seller doesn't make a difference whoever's the calf's property the calf is on now that person gets to keep the calf as the muhsak um, and uh, if the calf is a neutral ground they don't let's say in hefker so then the marakama the previous owner meaning the guy who the first original owner of the cow, when it was pregnant, he's the one who keeps the calf. Um, and Hamoti, if you want to take it from him, you have to bring a rhyme. That's Halach Lamaisa. Okay, fine. The mission continues now. Hayulo Shnei Avadim. If a person had two slaves, one is worth more, one's worth less. For argument's sake, yeah, fine. There's the, the bigger and the, and the lesser one. If a person had two fields, one is larger, one is smaller. And again, therefore, one's with more, one's with less. And they did a transaction, you know. Um, the guy who owned the slave or owned the land, you know, he took his he took his 100 bucks for it. And then, the, the purchaser says, okay, I'm entitled now to the larger field or slave. But the seller says, no, any day. I don't think that was what we said. Are you sure? I don't remember. He doesn't remember. So we have what's called a Bari and Shema. A Bari is saying, I know I get the big one. The Shema says, I'm not sure if you're right. So it says the Mishnah, Zacha Bagadol, the, the, um, the buyer gets the bigger field or the better slave. So that would imply Bari Veshema, Bari Adif. One person is certain, one person is not certain, and therefore we say the certain person's claim who says he knows he gets the bigger one, he wins. And that's an easy read in the Mishnah. The problem is that we don't pass them. We pass on that, as we said previously, um, that no hamotzim mechaver levaraya. So that wouldn't work. So they're, just because you're sure it's yours doesn't mean you get it, even though the person's not sure. But in our Mishnah, the case, therefore, is that they're arcing over um, not necessarily uh, which particular, they're not arguing over a particular land, but they're arguing over the value. They're saying, listen, I, that's a side point, really, but it's an important one. They're arguing over, you know, what I gave you was was worth was worth a bigger field? And he says, no, I'm not sure. Maybe it wasn't worth a bigger field. So the person's, the person who is selling the fields is being motivated by mitzvahs. He's agreeing to uh, part of the claim and not all the claims. So that makes him 
now the situation of um, having to um, take a shvua because he's a partial admission, like we said previously, and as a motor mix us, he has to swear on the other part of it. Since he, he's any day, he doesn't know whether or not he agreed to the bigger one. He can't swear on the extra value. Since he can't swear, the rule is a person who can't swear and such a sh- and make such a shvua um, is forced. Um, since he can't swear, he'll have to pay. So that's why, in this case, the purchaser gets the bigger field because the other person who's motor mixed us can't uh, can't counter. Okay, can't counter with the shvua because he doesn't know. Okay, now the mission goes on same on the same line of thinking. Macharti. The seller says. I sold you the lesser value one, the small one. The halah, but the purchaser, Omer, any odea, I'm not sure. So now the din is, lo elakaton, so then too bad for the buyer, he only gets the lesser one. And the, the other guy doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to even swear because what's he doing already? He's he's insistent, he's sure he owes him the smaller one. There's no claim against him to the contrary, it's not a motive mixtus or nothing. And there's no shvu and motive mixtus if it's a shema, if it's a maybe. And therefore all he gets is the little one. If Zelmer Gadov Zelmer Katan, both are making Bari claims. Each one's insisting that one's saying you're entitled to the small one, one's entitled no, I'm entitled to the big one. Then the din is Yishaba Hamocher Shakatan Machar. So then now we have a Motumachavero, so he can't be forced to he can't be forced to give it. Um, but since he's Motu Mitzas, he's admitting a partial claim, he's forced to take a Shvua. Now he can take a Shvua because he says he's certain, he offered the small one, so he'll give the small one, he'll swear on the value of the, of the, the difference, and um, then the purchaser gets the lesser one, and that's that. So he could take a Shvua because of Motu Mitzas. Now just a side point, a very t- important but kind of technical one, uh, the claim that, that the they're arguing over it can't be over a specific piece of land or a specific slave, because then there's no shvuas uh, for a few reasons. First of all, in general, there's no shvuas motor mixes when it comes to land and 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 uh, slaves. You just don't do that for based on other limudim. Uh, but more than that, um, there's a general kind of principle. Which is a little seem I think it's sometimes it's hard to understand. I don't get into too much here. But the bottom line is, if I say you owe me wheat, and you say no, I owe you barley. And the wheat's worth 100 and the barley's worth 80, let's say, that's not called motive mix us. Okay, that's called a total repudiation of the claim on the wheat and a different confession about owing the barley. So that doesn't um, require a motive mix us shvu. It has to be that I claim you owe me, you know, $10 worth of barley, and you say, no, it's just $9. Or I claim you owe me um, a lot of value worth of field or a lot of value worth of slave, and you say, no, it's a lesser value. So then, since they're arguing over the value that's owed, it's a partial omission on what is agreed upon, and it's a partial denial, and that's a motor mix us and has to take a shvua. Okay? Fine. And the last case is Zeomer any Odea, Zeomer any Odea. Both buyer and seller are both very foolish and can't remember was the big one, was the little one. So then says the Mishnah, Yachloku, they divide it. This again is Sumchas, who says Mon Mutabasafik, Yachloku. We don't know who should get what. So we say, okay, so split the difference. Again, it's not halacha. The halacha is like the chachamim, so that means that uh, the the larger field will stay in the possession of the muhsak and the smaller field will transfer over to the buyer um, because he has no proof to the contrary. And we're not considered no shvua, no swearing required because since there's no bari claim demanding that the buyer is entitled to more, so the seller need not I think any sort of shvuas and mix us. So simply he'll keep the greater field or the greater slave and give the buyer the lesser. 